When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast, of course, however you listen, whether it be YouTube or our podcast feed, appreciate that. Tucker will join me in a few minutes here on a video feed, 94 WIP. Check it out on YouTube. Reaction to what we've seen Wild Card Week, and of course, final thoughts on tonight with the Eagles and Buccaneers. It is a game day. The playoffs have arrived, and um, kind of a crazy first weekend of the playoffs. Let's just start with the, the biggest one as it pertains to the Eagles, and that's what happened yesterday down in Dallas, Jordan Love and the Packers went there and just destroyed the Dallas Cowboys. That game, they, they won by double digits. It wasn't even that close. They, they owned that game from the opening snap. Some thoughts on the Cowboys-Packers thing. Number one, obviously changes are coming to Dallas. I think McCarthy might be done by the time you, you watch this or listen to this. That, that's a major thing. Dallas also, you know, they, they're in a weird spot with their franchise. A lot of free agents. Zach has to be paid. It, you know, are they in a spot where they're going to have to try to turn this thing over, go all in for one year if they do bring Belichick? I don't know. But the Dallas Cowboys' future certainly up in the air now. They just were terrible yesterday. I thought they, they played tight. I thought they played scared. They were a little bit almost – I felt like the ghosts of, of all their playoff losses are starting to just get them now, where they, they assume this is going to happen. They're starting to remind me a little bit of those Phillip Rivers Chargers. Like, we can look at all the Cowboys – failures over the years you go back to Romo and everything post 90s but this iteration the DAC iteration reminds me a a lot of those Philip Rivers Chargers where it's like they're really good they went this is the first time in NFL history a team has won 12 straight games 12 games three straight years and not made at least one conference title game it's it's unbelievable the Chargers had similar runs to this with Marty Schottenheimer and Norv Turner where they just they had Rivers and they had Tomlinson they had great players Antonio Gates they couldn't get over the hump, though, and that's what this Cowboys thing reminds me of. Big changes coming there. As far as the Packers go, wow. It's the youngest offense to ever make the playoffs, and they're just starting their run now. Now, we'll see if they could actually upend San Francisco, but I mean in, in terms of their contention window, Jordan Love is a wow quarterback. His, his, his change and his transformation within this season is as good as a transformation I've seen a young quarterback make within a year in, I don't know, I mean – I don't know last time I saw anything like this. Like it's one thing a guy takes a leap. Maybe Burrow, when he really started to ascend and they and they made the Super Bowl a couple years ago, remarkable that the Packers have found themselves another star quarterback. And the last thing on on the Cowboys thing is the similarities between Dak Prescott and Joel Embiid are uncomfortably like spot on. They are both really tremendous regular season players. This year, Dak got to the MVP level that Joel has been at the last year and a half, but. They just are not good enough in the big moment. They just they constantly fail when everything's on the line. So Dallas gone, which means, of course, the Eagles will now go face the Lions who upend the, 
Rams last night. That was a great game. We needed one because we'll get to the AFC games in a second and the fallout there. But the NFC game, all three games, really, but until yesterday, last evening, stunk. They were blowouts. They just really weren't that entertaining. And then yet last night, I mean, that game couldn't have been any more living up to the billing. I mean, Goff was incredible. Stafford, incredible. The atmosphere in Detroit was so much fun to watch. Like, I just felt so happy for those people. A couple of things stood out to me in that game. One, I, I don't usually get, like, feel the emotions of the players. It's, maybe it's just I'm just kind of numb to it. You know, whatever. I mean, a local athlete here have a big moment of I'll feel the emotion of them. But outside of Philadelphia, I, I just they're all they're great athletes and great players and highly paid. And, and there's a million of them. And then there'll be new ones. Like I don't get caught up in, in most of the emotion of of the players. But I, I felt really happy for Jared Goff last night. I really his story is is fascinating to me. A number one pick who stunk then was revived, but maybe wasn't quite great was good. And then dumped by his team because they were trying to win a championship and they win without him. And they didn't just send him away. They sent him to maybe the worst place you could go. It's a terrible franchise that, I mean, almost no one thought he could revive his career like this again and lead Detroit back to, I mean, glory. We're close to, I mean, this is glory for Detroit. They haven't won a playoff game in, in years, a home playoff. And I had a home playoff game in 30 years. So for him to, to do what he did last night to beat Sean McVay, and the Rams, I just thought that was awesome. And I do, I thought, you know, on this, I think one of the first podcasts we did here, uh, right around the draft time, I said, this Lions team is going to be really good and dangerous. And they are. They're in the final eight now. And they're the Eagles' next opponent if we get a win tonight for the Philadelphia. Really happy for Goff. And I thought some of the storylines heading into the game were really just off. The idea that Sean McVay is so much better of a coach than Dan Campbell, I don't believe he is. He's Obviously, he's a gifted offensive mind, and he is an accomplished coach. But in-game, McVay leaves a lot to be desired sometimes. He's too conservative, and he can make some some things – You know, he could do some things that cost his team. They were over three in the red zone, maybe not aggressive enough to go for some fourth downs. Um, the punt late in the game just can't happen. Meanwhile, I thought the aggressiveness of Dan Campbell going for it on a fourth down in the red zone early, that was a deciding play in the game. And then, of course, on the second and nine late, throwing the ball with Jaragoff, not waiting for third down. I thought Campbell pushed the envelope last night, which he has every minute of his tenure. I thought McVay cowered a little bit. And but the game itself lived up to the billing. I mean, just both quarterbacks were incredible. We thought maybe uh, Wentz was going to come in at one point because Stafford was getting beat up, and of course Puka Nakua, the young player for the Rams, he's an incredible player. My rookie record for receiving yards. Really fun game last night, and uh, happy for the Lions. They win. They get another home game next week. It'll be the Eagles if they win AFC quickly, and then we'll get to some final thoughts on the Eagles as we get ready for the game tonight. So. Uh, the Browns, I know they disappointed Tucker and myself. I, I thought they could make a run here in the playoffs. One thing I didn't consider enough. I did it during the regular season making picks. I just, I kind of moved off it as we got to the playoffs. I shouldn't have. I, I don't, I've never seen anything like this in the NFL. The Browns defense at home versus the road, night and day. We had a little bit of it here with Jim Schwartz, which is ironic when he was here, like 17 and 18. But it was egregious. The Browns were the number one defense points per game allowed in the NFL at home in Cleveland this year. I believe they were dead last uh, on the road or close to it. And you saw it again. I know Flacco and the you know the, the midnight struck on on Cinderella and Flacco had, had two bad picks there. But their defense really gave no chance. I mean that that their that game had to be the Browns defense being the best unit on the field. It wasn't. It they got torched. So the Browns, you know, after some some nice vibes here, go back to reality, which is. 
playoffs. Still don't know what they have in Deshaun Watson. Stuck with that. And Cinderella, you know, the midnight thing happened. So it's over for them. As far as the Texans go, you know, kind of the, the Packers of the AFC, this young quarterback that has emerged very fast and has changed their now, their present, and the future. I do think the Packers are really obviously live right now, but are going to be a team that you think about in the Super Bowl a year from now, if not this year. The Texans are building that same thing. C.J. Stroud is for real, for real. And, I mean, you have that kind of young quarterback, it changes your franchise. D'Amico Ryan's a good coach. They've got good players, too. I mean, Nico Collins is a star receiver. They've got pass rushers, Will Anderson. They, they are Stingley, a high draft pick a couple of years ago. They're on their way to being a really, really good football team for years to come. And then the other thing about that game Saturday, did you notice who was getting quarterback hits? Did you notice who hit Flacco on the one interception that was returned back? That I, I think he was trying to throw it out of bounds, and he just got hit, and he couldn't get enough on it. That was Derek Barnett, who's been one of the better pass rushers in the league since he left here, which really shines poorly on the Eagles coaches. Really does. They missed him as another body in the rotation. I know he didn't want to be here anymore because he wasn't getting enough snaps, but what a what a ridiculous – it reminds me a little bit of Rasul Douglas where almost instantly they leave. It's like, oh, they could play a little bit. You know, it, it wasn't as bad as we felt the player was. And Barnett, kind of a weird – career will remember here because he made plays early started a lot early and then it just got worse and worse and an injury last year but how about that Derek Barnett making plays up a team win a playoff game something he hasn't done for the Eagles in quite some time and as far as the Saturday night game goes I just totally misread that thing I I, I thought that the Dolphins would show up more than they did too many penalties uh their de I thought Miami's defense actually held their own with six starters out that they, they you know they fought but Miami's offense was Awful. I mean, just awful. And they have a major decision to make on on Tua because he didn't look like a $50 million a year quarterback on that field. And their offense really fell apart again in December. Miami's got the bones of some good things if they get those defensive players right and healthy next year. But, you know, that that line of where, where is Tua? It, you know, he has good numbers, obviously good weapons. And when given time or when he's on time, he could he could be accurate. But he didn't, you know, he didn't match up. And meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, it, it's it's playoff time. This is what he does. Patrick Mahomes' ability to turn it on in the postseason even more than his regular season, and he's you know, an unbelievable regular season quarterback, is why we're watching a guy that already is a top four or five quarterback in the history of pro football. All right, let's go to tonight. Two games. I mean, I'm not going to give more thoughts on the on the Bills and, uh, and, and the Steelers. I'll watch that as we lead into pregame tonight at 6 on WIP. But the Eagles game. So here's what I did this morning, just because I, I want to kind of recalibrate in my mind what I think about this game. And I have, I'm of almost two minds. Like the Eagles have given me no reason in, in one part of my brain to believe in them. The other part of my brain says they're probably going to go win this game because I don't think much of the Bucks. I don't think much of Todd Bowles. Tampa Bay last week had a chance to go and, and win the division and they won nine, nothing in Carolina. So I, I you know, late last week, I, I kind of convinced myself the Eagles were going to win. But I was thinking about the game this morning. Obviously, no A.J. Brown. That news came out over the weekend. And there's this stuff hovering over the Eagles about their future. And, and just the vibes. I've not been good with this football team in a long time. But what, what struck me this morning as I really thought about this game without A.J. Brown is I did the thing that we did back, I think it was before the Niners game on the podcast, which was who are the top 10 players in this game? So I'm just going to reel off what I wrote down. And then we'll bring Tucker on to give his final thought on the game. But what struck me is, you know, because the line all week has been weird, like Eagles favored, but we know there, there's issues there. I think they're at a two and a half point favor right now. In my mind, 
last week heading into the weekend, I thought the Eagles have struggled, but they're way more talented than the Buccaneers. And then I thought, I think this exercise always gives a good glimpse of it. I wrote the list down and I came up with five Eagles and five Buccaneers, which, and that's obviously without AJ Brown. It probably would have been six, four Eagles. But right now tonight, the 10 best players I think will be on the field tonight based on who they are, how they've played this year. Obviously some injuries are factored in guys come back from injury, but here's what I, I wrote down. And it paints the picture of this game probably being even because the 10 best players, five on one side, five on the other. So I had Kelsey one, JC Kelsey, Mike Evans two, Antoine Winfield is an all pro three, Lane Johnson four, Vita Vea five, Hassan Reddick six. I put Hurts at seven, hasn't played well lately and he's hurt. Baker Mayfield at eight, has had a nice year, but he's obviously hurt right now. Uh, Devontae Smith and then Chris Godwin. So I had Kelsey Evans, Winfield, Lane, Vita Vea, Hassan Reddick, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Devontae Smith, Chris Godwin. Tucker, final thoughts as we get ready for tonight. I um, I was surprised when I did that. That feels like it's actually kind of even with this game tonight. Yeah, and I, I think the Buccaneers, based on what happened this season, basically Tom Brady left and everyone sort of wrote them off. And, and Baker Mayfield had a decent year, but this is still a team that, that kind of has the bones of the team that won the Super Bowl just a couple years ago, right? You, you listed off. All those, <laughs> all those people, you know, they were there. That was weird, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know what necessarily happened, but but here we are. Um, but I, I look at this Buccaneers team, and the big thing for me is the loss of AJ Brown. And AJ Brown hasn't done a whole lot, but he had nine catches for 131 yards, and these two teams played back in Week Three. And you look at the Eagles' receiving depth they don't have anybody else who plays outside, right? Like just look at the number of routes run from, you know, out wide. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith have over 400. Next on the list is Olamide Zacchaeus at 100 and Julio Jones at 75, which those probably came in the last couple of weeks with Brown and, and Smith banged up. I mean, they don't have anybody with experience lining up on the outside because of those top two wide receivers on the depth chart pretty much taking every snap this season. So that's a concern for me because this is a team that, desperately needs to figure out how to get their passing game going. And without their top weapon on the outside, I just, I just don't know what else they have. And, you know, Quez Watkins had a great quote earlier in the week, and maybe this is the Quez Watkins game. And maybe that's what we deserve after writing him off like six times. But I don't know if we're going into a playoff game and things are hinging on what Quez Watkins is doing. I don't feel great about the chances of that team. Yeah, I hear you. And you're right about that. The Eagles don't have great receiver depth. They brought Julio Jones in. He did have a two-touchdown game you know, a couple weeks ago, but he can't run like he used to, even close to a Quez. No one trusts here. This is a game they have to run the football. I mean, this is like the old-school Philadelphia run-the-ball kind of game to get through this thing. We'll see how much Jalen Hurts can give them in the run game tonight because, honestly, not just who he's throwing to. We don't know how he's going to throw the football with that finger and if it gets, if it gets hit again. This season, the ups and downs, the – Losing the coordinator, the quarterback going backwards a little bit. It, it reminds me a lot of 2018. And for some reason, that that last win in that season, wild card weekend, they won in Chicago, the double doink. I get a weird feeling tonight that we're getting that kind of ugly Eagles playoff win. Who knows, it was Golden Tate that year with the game-winning touchdown, the midseason acquisition that wasn't really that good. Maybe it's Kevin Byer tonight with a late interception to seal the deal or win the game for the Eagles. I do think they're going to win. I don't feel terribly confident about it, and it's going to be a wild week in Philadelphia, either getting ready for a trip to Detroit or perhaps 
I got a coaching list for you tomorrow morning. We'll talk about it all. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, of course, watching WIP Daily. Enjoy the playoff game. We'll talk tomorrow.